right, we're starting a brand new series today, and I'm so excited. Um, we, we're going to be talking about putting no limits on God. Amen. And uh, we are going to step into a limitless life. Hallelujah. So the title of this series is No Limits. No Limits. Just say No Limits. No Limits. Amen. Uh, let's go now to Psalm 78, verse 41. Psalm 78, verse 41. See, a lot of people put limitations on God, but they don't realize it. Now, Pastor T, the God who is omniscient, the God who is omnipotent, the God who is omnipresent, how can a God who is that big be limited? Some may ask. Amen? I mean, God is omniscient. That means He knows all things. He's omnipotent. That means He's all-powerful. And He's omnipresent. That means He's everywhere. And how can a God who has all such attributes be limited? Well, let's go to Psalm 78 and uh, verse 41. And you will see how. This God can be limited. (coughs) Excuse me. Psalm 78, verse 41. Watch what it says. Yea, speaking of the children of Israel, yea, they turned back and tempted God and did what? I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. And limited the Holy One of Israel. Now, a commonly and uh, famous, uh, or most, almost all the time quoted scripture in Ephesians chapter number 3 verse 20, it says, Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ever ask or think. Doesn't he say that? Yes. It says God is able. And he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ever think. But it doesn't finish there. It goes on to say, according to the power that is at work in us. And that word according means in proportionate to. So God's ability is in proportionate to something. Or God's power that is revealed and released in your life is in proportionate to something. And it is in proportionate to the power that is at work in us. It is in proportionate to the power that you allow to work in your life. In other words, if you don't want to get healed, even though God is Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals us, He will not heal you because He works in proportionate to your faith. He works in proportionate to what you want to receive from Him. And here I say this is where most people are stuck. Because they go to a prosperity meeting and the pastor prophesies a bends and they say, I don't want this prosperity stuff. And then they go back home and they're renting. And they don't want the prosperity stuff. You might want to think about it. Amen? You know why? Because you're limiting the Holy One of Israel. To God, stuff does not matter. In fact, when they look in heaven, it's just bled when it comes to stuff. Nice houses, nice cars, and so on and so forth. To heaven, man, it's... You see, when you go to heaven, God makes rods out of gold. Not gold-plated rods. He just takes gold and makes rods out of it. To God, stuff doesn't mean much. But to us, from our perspective, it means a lot. And therefore, we treat it like a God and we limit what God can do in our lives. 
In this season, man, I'm going to show you through Scripture that God has no limits and He wants you and I to live in a realm of no limitations. According to the power that is at work in us. You can say amen to that. And the foundation of us living a limitless life is number one. We must know. Someone say we must know. Notice I didn't say we must speculate or we must uh, think. No, we must know. You must know this to be true to you. You must know the reality of the Word of God. Notice I didn't say you must know a great concept in the Word of God. No, you must know the reality of the Word of God. In other words, the Word of God, the Bible, Scripture, is the written Word of God to you. It is God speaking to you. It is God sending an email, watch this, directly to you. Not to the pastor. Not to the anointed apostle and the anointed bishops. No, he's speaking to you directly. And this is the starting point. See, for you, if the Bible is a book uh, with a great history written in it, it's not going to produce for you. For you, if the Bible is a, a great book of nice quotes, it's not going to produce for you. Until you come to a place where the Bible is the written word of God, the living word of God to you, will it start producing in your life? You can say amen to that. <laughs> we must know that God is speaking directly to us through His word. It is God speaking directly to you and me in His word. Go with me now to Luke chapter number 5. From verse 1 to 8. Luke chapter number 5, verse 1 to 8. Man, this is going to be awesome. Luke chapter number 5, from verse 1 to 8. If you have it, say I have it. Luke 5, from verse 1 to 8. Watch what it says. And it came to pass, so watch this, God's Word, the Bible is God's Word. It is God speaking to us. Amen? Amen. It is God instructing us. And you need to receive it that way. If you're going to live in the realm of the limitless. You can say amen to that. And it came to pass, that is the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. He stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two sheep standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the sheep, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the sheep. And when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And notice it's in red. Why? Because Jesus is speaking. And watch what Simon said. Simon said, answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night. See, the limitless realm excludes all toil. Watch what he said. He said, we have toiled all night and have Caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down my net. So Simon was saying, Hey, Master, I'm the expert here. I've been in the fishing business for a long time. 
and we have not caught anything. So technically, what you are saying is rubbish. And that's the place most of us start. That's why we can never tap into the unlimited resources of God. See, we know too much about ignorance. What does the Bible say? It says, if your light, if your light be darkness, how gross and how dense is your darkness? In other words, if what you think you know is ignorance to God, man, you are in double ignorance. It says, if your light is darkness, how gross and how dense is your darkness? That's what Jesus said. So, so you see, this man was trying to give uh, uh, technical expertise. And how many of you know that Jesus said, when it comes to the Word, you're not going to understand the intricate details of how the Word of God works. He said in Mark chapter number 4, uh, verse 27 to 28, He said that the kingdom of God is as a man that went out to cast seed. And night and day he rose up. And the, spring, the, the seed should spring forth and grow. And watch what he says. He knows not how. See, he doesn't even know how the seed grows. He doesn't know the intricate. See, man, we have come so far as far as uh, technological advancement and stuff like that is concerned. But the one thing man could not reproduce, still can't reproduce his seed. And put that instruction in the seed to tell it you are an orange tree. The only person who can do that is God. And yet there is evidence everywhere you go that seed, time, and harvest works. All of the uh, uh, aisles in our retail stores, all of the department stores are filled with clothes as a testimony to you, child of God, that seed, time, and harvest work. Because they had to harvest some cotton for me to wear this nice little, uh, little something. Amen. As you're walking down in the aisles of pick and pay, all you're looking at is a testimony that seed time and harvest works. Amen. They had to plant some beans. They had to plant some corn. They had to plant some flour, some wheat to produce flour. Seed time and harvest, we're surrounded by it everywhere. Though we do not understand how the seed works, let me tell you, child of God, seed works. Amen. Though you might not understand how the Word of God works, let me tell you, child of God, the Word works. Amen. If you stick with the Word, you will win. And God deposited unlimited potential in His Word. For those that will choose to tap into it. Hallelujah. So what did Jesus say? Watch what He said. Luke chapter number 5. And Jesus said, Launch into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at your what? Word. See, he was in doubt, but he still recognized the authority and the power in God's word. Right. He said, nevertheless, at your word, I'm going to do it. Right. And the only two times Jesus marveled in his earthly ministry was number one, at their unbelief. And the second time it was when the centurion understood the power and the authority in a word. That is spoken by God. He went to Jesus and he said, Master, I have a servant who is sick at home. And Jesus said, wait a minute, I'm going to go with you and pray with him. And the centurion man said, listen, Master, you don't even have to come to my house. Yeah. See, because I'm a man under authority and I'm a man in authority. And I know that if you're in authority, your word matters. And if God is in authority in your life, if God is Lord in your life, then his word should matter. 
and, and the centurion man said, you don't even have to come to my house. You don't even have to waste time to come to my house. Just speak the word only. And I know that my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, the Bible says Jesus marveled. He said, I have not seen such great faith. No, not in all of Israel. What is faith? Faith is understanding the authority in God's word. See, when you're still at the level of treating the Bible as a cheap book, man, you're not going to get much fruit from it. The first place for living a limitless life is to treat God's word as His word. The Bible is the only book that has the ability to impart life. Jesus said, the flesh profits nothing, but the words that I speak in John 6, 63, the words that I speak unto their spirit and their life. When you receive God's word, see, the Bible is not ink and paper. The Bible is the living word of God. Quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword to the dividing asunder of spirit and soul, bone and marrow. And it is the discerner of men's thoughts and intents. That's the word of God. It is life. Amen? And the first place has to be, Father, I'm taking this as your word. I'm taking this as your instructions to me to get my life to move around. Amen? Watch what it says. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes. And their nets break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in other sheep, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. And when Simon saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. You see that? When you obey God's word, at the end of every obedience to God's instruction is a reward. God will never ask you to do anything He Himself is not getting ready to do for you. If He says, trust me, you better trust Him. And God's Word has to be the final, the first and the final authority in our lives. Man, I made this decision a few years ago and my life has never been the same. If God says to Farah, you can fly, I'm going to run around flapping my wings. Because I believe what He says. If he says I'm the head and not the tail, I'm going to walk around as the head and not the tail. Above only and never beneath, I'm going to walk around as that. If he says no weapon, weapon, armed with me, no my dwelling. If he says man, he has caused the, the lines, the boundaries for me to fall in good places and that I inherit a godly inheritance, I'm going to live my life based on that. Because I take God at his word. Man, this is good stuff. Jesus obeyed and he caught a net-breaking load of fish. Hallelujah. Jesus is the Word of God. He is the Word. And the Word of God is un... Someone say un. (laughs) It is unlimited in nature. Amen. The Word of God is still creating today. They say that the universe is still expanding at the speed of light. You know why? Because when God said, let there be light, He didn't say light stop. 
And the universe, the whole universe is still expanding at the speed of light. Now, if you want to know how fast light moves, it moves at 300,000 kilometers per second. That's how fast light moves. In perspective to this, in light of this, the nearest star to the earth is about 100,000 light years away. And this light traveling at 300,000 kilometers per second takes about four and a half years to reach the earth. That fast, it takes four and a half years. The furthest light that you and I see is 670,000 light years away. And at the same speed of 300,000 kilometers per second, this light takes 6,000 years to reach the earth. That means that the light that you see on a star, the furthest star, the light that you see on it was released before the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea. Coming to the earth realm at the speed of 300,000 kilometers per second. And then one man called uh, Joshua stood in the valley of Ashelon. Now if you know anything about the universe, if you know anything about the Milky Way, the sun, the earth has to rotate at a certain speed, at a certain angle for us to be able to live in 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 a habitable environment. If the earth moved one inch closer to the sun, we would all fry. If it moves one inch away, one inch away from the sun, we'll all freeze to death. So who keeps it rotating at that particular angle? Well, a guy called Newton thought it was something called gravity. And he said it is the gravity, but the question that he could never answer was, who kick-started the gravity? Because someone has to spin that ball at that angle and at that speed. And they could never ask that. That's when they came up with the big, big bang. They said two things collided and it started rotating at that angle. But you and I know that's not true. You know why? Because there was a gentleman called Joshua who stopped it at one point in history. Now, Newton will tell you if the earth stops, everything will fall and man, it will just be a catastrophe. But there was a gentleman called Joshua standing in the valley of Ajalon. He stood and said, son, stand still. Thank God he didn't understand that it was the earth and the whole universe that was spinning around the orbit of sun. Otherwise, it would have been a harder prayer to pray. <laughs> See, because sometimes understanding, especially human understanding, it brings limitation and it brings doubt and unbelief. Now, if he had known that he was uh, responsible for stopping six trillion tons, of gravel in the Milky Way, he wouldn't have prayed that prayer. But to him, he just thought it's the sun. So if it's the sun, I can stop the sun. And when he prayed that prayer, everything in the universe stopped still. Everything. And then he said, now, let's carry on. So who kick-started it again? The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter number 1, verse 3, it says everything is held together By the power of His Word. You know why? Because God's Word has integrity. If God compromises on the integrity of His Word, everything will collapse. That's why God's Word is always a good check. Not only to you, but even to the universe. Because if God compromises on His Word, everything will go, it will just go haywire. Is that a word? It will go crazy. If you come to the human body, the human body is made out of uh, uh, cells which are made out of uh, smaller particles called molecules. 
which are made out of small, even smaller particles called elements, which are made out of even smaller particles called atoms. Now what's interesting about atoms is that in a full stop, in a period, there's billions of atoms. And not only is there billions of atoms in a full stop, all of them have space between them. And the scientists still can't figure out what holds an atom together. Now, if you go and study, they came up with a term only in 1906 that the thing that holds atoms, billions of atoms together, is uh, something called atomic energy. But there's not much written about it. You know why? Because they don't know. But you and I know what holds all things together. The Bible tells us. It says it is the power of His Word, it is the integrity of God's Word that even holds your body together. So honey, if God says you are going over, you are going over. If God says you are the head, you are the head. If you want to doubt it, just look at yourself. The same Word that holds you together is the same Word that will back everything that He says. If you can still walk, there is still proof that God's Word is good. If the universe is still spinning and the sun is still coming up, that's good enough proof that God's word is still good. Let me tell you, God's word is good. And he will never compromise on the integrity of his word. In fact, the Bible puts it this way. It says it's impossible for God to lie. What does that mean? That means even if God wanted to lie, he still can't lie. Because it's impossible for him to lie. In other words, if God came into this building this morning, Sunday morning, right? And said, hey, Tafara, how are you doing on this Wednesday night? It would be foolish for me to say, hey, wait a minute, God. It's a Sunday morning. You know why? Because if God says it, the Sunday morning has to change to become a Wednesday night because God can't lie. This will preach to some of you that are still saying, I'm sick. See, if God says by His stripes you are healed, it doesn't matter what it feels like. If God says it, that settles it. Why? Because God cannot lie. Hallelujah. And this is good stuff. God's Word is good. God's Word is a check that will never bounce. You can bank your life, all of it, in God's Word. Amen? I said amen. amen. Glory be to God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's go now to James chapter number 1. In fact, before we go to James, let's go to First Samuel chapter number 3, verse 1. See, so when God wants to deliver you, He is going to send you a word. Amen? Amen? But here's something that I want you to learn. You can look up for a minute. Here's something that I want you to learn about God's Word. God's Word, in and of itself, does not produce without us receiving it. God's will is not automatic. This is why you and I have to receive it. This is why we pray and say, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You and I have to cooperate with God's word. God does not force himself on people. It is not God's will for you to be in debt. In fact, he said in his word, I have met all your needs according to my riches and glory. It is not God's will for you to be sick. 
He took 39 stripes so that you and I could walk as the healed. But do you know what God did? God took all of that potential. How much potential is in His God's Word? Let me tell you. The Word of God is called in the Greek, the Logos. You know where we get the English word logo. When you see a tick, what logo does that represent? I didn't hear that. How did you know that? Because everything that Nike has is behind that tick. When you see God's word, when you see the logos of God's word, it is a representation of everything that God stands for. It is a representation of the outer court, the inner court, and the holy of holies. It is a representation of Jesus. It is a representation of the Holy Spirit. It is a representation of God's faithfulness and His goodness. It is a representation of all of the hosts of God, all of the angels. When you read God's Word, all of those forces are there to back up God's Word. It is the Logos. The rematos when you receive it and it begins to produce in your life. So God's word has potential. It does not have actual value. It has potential. But how many of you know that sometimes potential produces and sometimes it doesn't? You know, we were just doing the relationship series. And um, as we were counseling some singles, counseling, they, they said, Hey, Pastor T, you know, I'm dating this guy. He has lots of potential. And I said, man, you just have to be ready to deal with the consequences of the potential sometimes coming to pass and sometimes not coming to pass because it's just potential. <laughs> and that's what happened when God put His Word in His Word. And Jesus explained this in Mark chapter number 4. He said not everyone that receives God's Word is going to produce fruit in their lives. And the problem is not with God's Word. God's Word works all the time. The problem is with us. The Bible says in James 1.21, Lay aside all filthiness and all superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word, watch this, that is able to save your soul. That word able implies potential. The word of God has ability to save you only if you let it. Jesus said there were four kinds of people. That the seed was sown. The first one was the wayside. Remember the story? And the Bible said the birds of the air came and devoured the seed before it even went into the ground to germinate. And he said that's a person. If you read uh, Matthew's uh, uh, rendition, he says that's a person who does not understand the word. See, the person who does not understand the word is vulnerable to Satan just stealing the word from them. And he said the second class of people is the, thorny, the, the stony ground. He said that word man came in and, and they received the word with joy and gladness. And he said but they endured for a little while because when the sun started scorching, they could not stare, test, stand the test of time. Come to church, hallelujah, praise the Lord, pastor. And then just walk out and not do a bit of it. Man, this will preach. You know, a lot of people come to us and they say, you people who preach prosperity, how come everyone in your church is not rich? I mean, Jesus explained it for us. Only 25% of the people are going to receive and produce fruit. Someone shout, I'm part of those 25%. Huh? That's what Jesus said. He said, out of four, man, the first one, they're going to lose the word before it e they even do anything with it. The second one, well, they'll endure for a little while. The third one, he said, there's going to be thorns. 
the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. And, and, and they're not going to produce. It will choke the word. And he said the fourth one, only one class of people will receive the word and he called them good ground. And he said they will receive the word and produce to some 30, to some 60, and to some 100 fold. So out of every four classes of people, out of every four church folk, this is scary, out of every four church folk, only one is producing fruit. Now this explains to you why the church is broke, busted, and disgusted. This explains to you why some people in the church are still sick. Jesus explained it. He said, man, 25% out of four cats, only one is producing fruit. You know why? Because only one, only one chooses to say, I'm going to take this word and I'm going to plant it in my heart and I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to stick with it. Only one. Everybody else, man, will be like, yo, man, pastor... And, and, and when I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, man, I started listening to uh, sermons about the importance of the Word of God. Man, if, if there's anything that I value in my life, it is the teaching of the Word of God. Man, I value that so much. I, re, I, I respect teachers of the Word and I receive from them because I know that's where my life source is. When I understand it, the devil can't steal it from me. Man, I think from the inception of the Bible school in this church to teach uh, people to understand the word, I've only missed one class. Only one class. And man, I'm telling you, this word is producing in my life. It is producing. The word of God has the potential to produce and change your life. All you have to do is to receive it as God's instruction. Stick with it. And you catch a, a, a net-breaking load of fish. The Bible says in uh, 1 Samuel chapter number 3, verse 1, it says, In those days, the word of God was scarce, and there were no open visions. When the word of God is scarce in an individual's life, they walk as a blind mule. There is no open vision. They can't see. Even though they see with these physical eyes, they cannot see with spiritual eyes. So they end up in business uh, uh, partnerships that they should they have, they, they have no business being in. They end up in relationships that they have no business being in. You know why? Because when the word of God is scarce, there is no open vision. They can't see clearly. The thing that makes us see clearly is the word of God. What does the Bible say? It says the entrance of his word, it brings light, it brings illumination. It makes you see clearly. The word of God is quick, it is alive, it brings life, and it opens your spiritual eyes to see where you're going and where you need to go. Can I get an amen? amen. I know this is intense, but child of God, if you want to live a prosperous life, you're going to have to start taking God at His word. You're going to have to start taking God at His word in your healing, in your body. Divine health is loaded in God's word. You're going to have to start taking God at His word in your money. I knew I wasn't going to get an amen. But let me tell you, if you don't take God's word, if you don't take God at his word in your money, you have the right to be fearful about your money. So when you wake up in the morning and you're afraid that you're going to lose it, you're right. You have the right to do that. Hallelujah. Man, you're going to have to just take God at his word. Uh, 2012, my wife and I were buying our second house. Amen. Amen. And uh, we were believing God 
to raise about 30% of the deposit on that house. And man, we didn't know where we were going to get uh, such kind of money. But we just believed God. We just trusted God. And just said, listen, we're going to stand with you, God. See, because my wife had told me before we got married, she said, honey, uh, I know you want to do this pastor thing, but you know I haven't had good uh, uh, examples of pastors before me. They just scrounge and they just you know broke and... They just, you know, walk around with baskets and begging and, you know, gimme, gimme, gimme. My name is Jimmy. So she wasn't comfortable marrying me. She told me, she said, honey, I'm not comfortable marrying you because I'm not sure you provide for me. She said, anyway, I'm going to give you a, a chance. And, and the one thing just that we have to agree is that you won't go into full-time ministry and, until you buy uh, our family a house. And I took that and I went before God and I said, Lord, you heard it. <laughs> Amen. I said, Lord, you heard it. And God told me, he said, honey, I've told you a long time ago that all of your needs are met according to my riches and glory. And then that money came and uh, we put down the money. We bought the house and uh, uh, it was time to move in. We didn't have money to buy furniture for the house. I mean, curtains alone were 40,000 rand, just curtains. Because there's windows everywhere. I'm walking in this house and I, man, there's too much windows in this house. <laughs> I'm looking at my budget. Man, why do they have to put windows here? Over here. Man, there's windows everywhere. I'm thinking, man, 40 grand just on curtains in 2012? I don't know where that money was going to come from. That money? Oh, man, don't even bring up the sofas and the beds and so on and so forth. And during that season, uh, we were moving out of our uh, uh, apartment and we were bringing someone in to rent that apartment and God said, give away all that furniture. I mean, how dumb can you get and still breathe? I said, Lord, you know, you know, we're trying to move into this house. I know you got us this house, but, you know, we're going to need this furniture so we can at least, you know, bridge the gap between now and when we get. And then the Holy Spirit says, okay, all right. And I said, no, 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 I'm just playing. You know, I'm just playing. <laughs> you know, I'm just playing. I'm going to do it. And then we started giving away stuff, man. People would just come and get stuff. And, and when we moved out... uh uh, someone just came in and took over everything, including the curtains and so on and so forth. And then now we're sitting, we're saying, God, you gave us this. And I'm thinking, man, we're giving away curtains. Oh, man. And this is, yeah, we could use this stuff. You know? And we're sitting in service, 2012, we're getting ready to move into this house. And someone came after service and said, hey, Pastor T and Lady Chippo, the Lord has put on my heart to finish your whole house. Your whole house. And man, when they came with the truckload full of furniture, man, I was just amazed. King-size be beds, uh, couches, leather, and just stuff in the uh, scullery. I didn't even know what a scullery was. Just stuff in there. And, you know, they, they're just buying stuff, man. Everything, everything, everything from the, from the veranda all the way to the bedrooms. We got that house furnished. And the curtains. <laughs> All of the curtains, man, they, they came and finished the whole house. And someone else will hear that testimony and they say, man, I wish that was me. Man, I wish that was me too. But the thing is, you have to believe God before you see the manifestation. You have to trust God. Uh, Abraham, you have to trust God before you see the ram caught in a thicket. See, God is trying to get you to trust Him. 2010, the Lord instructed in my heart to give away my car. I was driving a car. See, I'm not preaching stuff that I hear next door. I'm preaching stuff that I leave. And the Lord told me, He said, man, you're going to have to do this. This was a word from the Lord. 
And I said, Are you, you, I'm not going to give away this car, man. I've pimped this ride. Look at the radio. Look at the, look at the wheels, man. I've pimped this ride. And the Holy Spirit said, alright. And I said, no, I'm just playing. You know, I'm just playing. And I gave it away. And I'll tell you, man, I've never had to walk or scrounge for transport everywhere I go. I don't scrounge. See, because God provides for you in an area that you have mastered. Some of you have mastered healing, but you are yet to master finances. The one time I was driving from Centurion, and this was the awesome of them all. I was driving from Centurion, and the Holy Spirit, I was, you know, conversing with the Holy Spirit, and I was saying, you know, I want to pay off this credit card debt. I want to just pay it off. Huh? I'm tired of being in debt. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, He said, uh, why don't you call so-and-so and buy them groceries for their house? And I said, Holy Spirit, you didn't hear me clearly. I didn't say I, have mo- I had more money in my credit card. I said I'm trying to pay it off. And he said, don't worry. And he said, ah, you know, I'm just playing. You know. And then I called the person. And the person, this is what's interesting, had been waiting because while they were in the prayer room, the Holy Spirit told them that someone was going to buy them groceries on the very same day. They had been waiting at another mall. And when I called them, I told them to meet me at another mall. They, they knew it. They had been waiting for an hour because the Holy Spirit had told them, someone is going to come and buy groceries for you. And when I called them, they said, man, you were late. I was waiting for this call. <laughs> and I went in there and the Holy Spirit said, man, you're going to have to go out by out and let them pick whatever they want. Man, as we are going out by out, man, my heart. I'm, ooh, man. ooh, man, they're taking all kinds of stuff, man. They're taking dessert. I'm thinking, brother, you don't have to eat dessert every day. They're taking everything, man. And, and the trolley is this full, man. I'm telling you, we went to the checkout. We paid. And within 48 hours, I remember, someone deposited money that was enough to pay off my credit card debt and with extra. Because God, listen, God will always provide for those that follow his instructions. Simon lowered down the net into the deep. What would have happened, question, if Simon had said, well, Lord, you know, I'm the expert. I've been fishing all my life. I'm not going to do it. Would he have caught anything? See, the place you start, if you're going to tap into God's unlimited realm, is by taking him at his word. Hallelujah. All right. Where did I tell you to go? All right. We're not going to read that. Let's quickly go now to Psalms 138, verse 2. What does God himself say about his word? 138, verse 2. Someone shout, I'm prosperous. Because God says, in his word... That I am prosperous. I have life and have it in abundance because God said in His Word that I have life and have it in abundance. Watch what He says in verse 2 of uh, Psalm 138. I will worship toward the holy temple and praise your name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above thy name said the name of the lord is a strong tower the name of jesus is a strong name 
at the name of Jesus, the Bible says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And God has elevated His word even above His name. Hallelujah. Go with me to Job chapter number 23, verse 12. Quickly. Job 23, verse 12. Matthew 24 verse 35 Jesus said the heaven and the earth will pass away but not one jot not one tittle of my word will not come to pass every last single one of my words will come to pass if God says it it's coming to pass amen Job 23 verse 12 neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips what have I done? I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Get in the word more than you eat food. Esteem God's word more than you esteem necessary food. And you will begin to tap into the realm of the limitless. Hallelujah. And this realm is available and it is open for anybody. Amen. I said amen. Isaiah 55 from this seven as we close Isaiah 55 from this seven and I love this thank you for your word father watch what it says let the wicked forsake his ways and let the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon next verse for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. See, this, this statement is true. When it comes to prosperity, a lot of people in the world system think the way you prosper is by hoarding. God, when you come into his system, he says the way you prosper is by releasing. So God turns around and he says, oh, you thought you had it figured out. Let me tell you something. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. I do it differently. See, in the world system, you have to bribe everybody. You have to walk around, walk on top of people for you to get a promotion. In God's system, you have to serve. And God says, he who humbles himself before the mighty hand of God, what will happen to him? He will lift him up. God has no problems you being promoted. But he wants you to do it his way. For promotion does not come from the east or the west or the south or the north. But it is God who setteth up another and putteth down another. Ooh, Jesus. Next verse. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. So God is trying to tell you, listen child of God, there is not even a comparison. There is not even a comparison. How you do things and how I do things. And today you're going to have to make a decision that I'm tired of being at a place that I am. You're going to have to take stock of your life and say, listen, this is not working. Okay, for some of you that don't, don't think this message is for you, just take stock of your life and see if it has been working. See, you've been doing it your way, right? Has it been working for you? Some of you have been in the church 20, 15 years. Serving. But the difference is, are you doing what he tells you to do? See, the Bible is a map. God has given us a map to his treasure. 
All you have to do is to read the map. If the map says turn left, what do you do? Turn left. Don't argue with the map. Some of you are trying to fight the map. Oh, I don't want that. No, I don't figure. No. It's not going to work. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. It is God's word that will instruct you that you're going to prosper. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Next verse. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not thither but waters the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Next verse. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall that word shall is a legal term. God is trying to tell you there is no other way. When it comes to my word, it shall. There is no other way. My word will do this. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Next verse. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. And the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. And this will come to pass. You know why? Because God said it. Every single one of the individuals in the Bible that God blessed, He gave them an instruction. He gave them a word. And as they obeyed that word. I see a lot of people. What does the Bible say? In Isaiah 18, 1, verse 19, it says, If you be willing and obedient, you shall what? You shall eat the good of the land. A lot of folk are willing. Everybody willing. How many want to prosper? Everybody want to prosper. How many want the anointing? Everybody wants the anointing. How many wants to walk in the gift of the Holy Spirit? Everybody wants. How many will take the instruction with it? Well, Pastor, you know. Amen. And, and you know, we do math and we are good at math. One plus one, what do you get? See, and if one plus one is not getting you two, then you might need to reassess. If your one plus one hasn't been getting you two, Pastor, I've been in the church five years. I, I'm not coming out of this. I'm not, listen, I'm, I'm not seeing any fruit. Maybe you might want to sit down and see if there is both ones to get you a two. In fact, the counselors in this church, you have the liberty to do this. When someone comes to you and they, they want counseling, financial counseling, whatever, just ask them how they're doing financially in terms of giving and, and so on and so forth. Just ask them. See, because if they're not, see, we, we don't want to treat leaves, you know. Oh, Pastor, I'm not doing well. Okay, give them money and then you give them money. Oh, buy them this and then you buy. And we're just treating leaves and we're not taking care of the root system. See, if you, oh man, I'm telling you, if you have. A, a, a stingy heart and if your hand is closed God cannot put anything in your hand listen we can try and we can pray for you we can even fast but man that one plus one is not going to produce two and uh, listen the first question brother Henry hey brother how have you been doing financially do you give to people are you are you a liberal soul because God blesses a liberal soul well no I'm not see because I'm always trying to get from people give me give me give me my name is Jimmy I'll take all you give me give me more 
and we are breaking the principles of God, the very principles that are supposed to produce life. When he wanted to bless Abraham, he gave him an instruction, he gave him a word. Amen. And he said, listen, dude, I know, I know you need the blessing because you're 75 years old and you're still living with your father and mother. 75 years old, Abraham was still living with his parents and the word of the Lord came and said, listen, dude, I want to get you out of this, but I want you to come out of that house and go to a place that I'll show you. Abraham could have said, man, you know, Lord, why don't you show me the place first? Why don't you show me the place before I leave my father's house? How about that, Lord? Why don't you bring the harvest? You see, a lot of people do it this way. Why don't you bring me the money? Then I'll be a giver. I just be a giver. Amen? And the money will come. So I want to challenge you this morning to start going back to the word of God, going back to the foundation. Look for a seed that will produce a harvest that you want in your life. If your challenge is you go from relationships to relationships, and every relationship that you go into, people, you know, get bitter and it never works and everybody angry, everybody crazy. And, and you, when you talk to your friends, you say, well, I don't know what's wrong with these people, you know, that I date. It seems that everybody I date is crazy. You might want to just back down and look and see that the only constant that we have in all these relationships, unfortunately, is the person that you see in the mirror. And then you ask yourself, do I have strife? See, because the Bible is very clear. Where there is strife, there is confusion and every evil work. The Bible tells us when there is forgiveness, unforgiveness, then you're going to hinder even your prayers. No, pastor, I pray the tongues, the third heaven tongues, shaka, shaka, but you're living in unforgiveness, you're not going to produce anything. Amen. I said amen. So we bo- before we get into numerology, I know, you know, Christians like to get into deep revelation. Before we get into numerology, I believe we need to go back to one plus one and begin to reassess our lives and see if we are taking God at his word in the different areas of our lives. Why don't you stand on your feet? Amen.